Hello, Set Apart family. Welcome to episode two. We like actually made it. Accountability works, guys. See what I mean? When you say you're gonna do it and you feel a little pressure, you kind of have to follow through. So I am so happy to be here. Episode two of this new season on the slate. It's not really episode two, but to me it feels like it because it feels like new me, new name, new everything, new conversations. As like before, unfortunately, Ian is not going to be with us for a couple of episodes. I'm trying to rope him back in, but like I said last week, he's a busy guy. So it is just me. It's solo Sarah Edwards again. Still trying to get used to that name change. So if I stumble, (laughs) forgive me. I am really pumped about today's episode. It is another cold and dreary and boring day in New England. I am so ready for spring, but this is keeping me occupied. It's keeping me excited for the time being. And I am surrounded by all my fake flowers to keep the vibes going, (laughs) to try to keep the mood high. And speaking of the mood getting uplifted, this particular episode topic is actually one that's a little bit hard for me because it is probably one of the hardest lessons I've learned, but I'm excited to talk about it because I really think it encapsulates my biggest lesson in the last couple of years and something I've really put into action slowly over time. It's a way of thinking, a mindset shift that I'm going to teach you today that you can start implementing today, but the overall implications of that and how you notice yourself evolve physically, mentally, spiritually does take some time, but I hope you feel encouraged at the end of this episode that you have a new way of thinking and that this way of thinking truly, I believe, can impact so many facets of your life. So I'm super excited to jump in and it has to do with success. So hopefully this episode is a success to you. I'm stumbling over myself today. I'm I'm a little bit in a rush. I'm doing this in between lots of meetings. So it's going to be a speed round for us today. Nevertheless, let's jump in. So success. A little background. I went through a season very recently and honestly, I'm still at the tail end of it where I was, am, really unhappy. Where I didn't want to wake up in the morning, where I felt really depressed, and life didn't really feel worth it. Now, I say this honestly, it does tailor on the edge of suicidal ideation, and I want to be open about this because I think it's important to introduce this type of dialogue on a more general basis so that people feel comfortable and know that it's natural to have thoughts such as those that you're just worn out, that life's beating you down, that you don't really know what your purpose is and you don't really know how to measure how you're progressing through life. And I think we can feel those implications, especially as we progress through adulthood, right? And we get into our 20s and our 30s and our 40s and we hit new milestones. And I just hit a new milestone of marriage and it's brought up definitely new questions of how do I define being a good wife? How do I define being a successful wife? And is success actually what we should be looking at through all these milestones, whether you're dealing with a career change or a relationship change or a living change, whatever it is, how do we process that change? And I really didn't think that the impact of how I define certain words in my life would have such a big implication and change to some of the stuff that was causing and brewing underneath me. And part of my dislike for waking up every day was I really felt unhappy with myself, my body, my mind, my spirit. I don't feel good enough as a friend, as a sister, as a daughter, as a Christian. I really felt and sometimes really still feel like a big failure. I've done therapy. I've done medication. I've done healthy eating. 
I've journaled, I've prayed, I've meditated. I have done a whole bunch of things. These are all great and impactful things. And if you have methods and coping methods, you should do them always. It does make a difference. But I noticed after a period of time that they stopped really being impactful and they stopped working for me. And that scared me because when you have mental conditions such as myself, or you're just going through a really hard and challenging season, you really rely on those coping moments to get you through. Every single day kind of feels like a battlefield. And that's how it felt for me for many, many months. And I was dealing with a lot of pressure and a lot of different things and health problems. And it it just, it became to be a lot. And I think a lot of us are going through a season like that. And a lot of us have experienced that feeling of nothing is working. What's going on? I'm still thinking really negatively. I don't know how to fix this. And I got really scared and I moped. And I sulked and I threw a blanket over my head and I stayed in bed and I moped some more and I complained to my husband and I complained to my friend and I stress called my mom circle after circle after circle trying to come up with a thread of information. (laughs) I started giving up and that's when I realized that if we have a lot of great actions in place, methods such as therapy, eating right and something's still off. Usually it means it has to do with the mind and how we're processing information. I'm not a healthcare professional. I just want to say as a disclaimer, I'm not certified to talk about mental health. I'm here to share my lived experiences to empower you to get information you need and have a friend and have like a cheerleader or kind of like a sister person to guide you. And I've learned that I needed to redefine success. If you have great methods in your life, like therapy, and journaling and tools, if you are defining success in a way that is incorrect, too harsh or too high of a standard, you're never going to really feel the full impact of those really great things. And you're going to continue to feel dissatisfied, depressed and anxious because the bar you are setting for yourself and how you view those tools should work in your life are never going to meet what's in your head. And I'm going to tell you why I think that is, at least for me, and maybe you'll relate to this. First of all, we are probably at the age where you are in school or out of school. And that is what we consume all the time is school. And I'm going to go back to that in a second. But what is the other thing we consume really often? I would say most likely if you're listening to this podcast, you are a user of social media to some capacity. I totally am. I have all the apps on my phone. I've definitely cut back on my usage of them, but regardless, I am still a social media user. Social media is a great tool. I'm not one of those people that are going to come in and knock the use of social media, but I am going to come in and remind ourselves that if we're noticing some problems and stress and this feeling of not being happy with who we are and feeling worthy, we might want to take a reality check into what we're consuming and why. And what do we take after that consumption into the rest of our lives? For me, I realized that in my sulking moments, in my periods of high stress, I would reach for my phone, pull up Instagram, and scroll through a bunch of reels and videos of people doing really amazing things, and it made me happy. And then it made me envious. And then it made me compare. And then it made me question myself. Why don't I have that waistline? 
why does my room not look that pretty? Why can't I get my videos to look that good? Why don't I have that many friends? I just had a wedding. Why don't I have more bridesmaids? And suddenly I'm comparing myself to a series of content that is crafted, edited, and created so that it shows most likely the best of something, the final product of something. And the reason this is important is that we are works in progress and you hit milestones in your life that are arguably final products, if you will, but we don't see the progress. We don't see the sweat and the tears and the work and the money and the filtering and the editing and just the effort that goes into capturing that one moment. Years of work potentially are at play. So we're comparing ourselves, our work in progress selves to a a million final products. And I say a million because that is arguably the amount of social media we're exposed to, picture, video, picture, video, audio of final products. Now I mentioned school. I loved school. I hated school. I was all over the place with school. I got out of school early (laughs) because I got bored and I wanted to explore the world But at the same time, school had a large impact on me as it did many of us. Most of us were required to go to school, wherever country you're in. And this sets up our way of processing information and how we define success. Again, this matters because how you define success today is going to impact how you view yourself worth and it's going to impact everything you do moving forward. It doesn't matter how hard you work, how much effort you put into play. If you are defining success in a way that is toxic, then you are going to always feel inadequate. You're always going to feel unsuccessful. And you have the power today through certain methods to change that so that you can move forward feeling a little bit more content, a little bit more satisfied, a little bit more proud of yourself. So that your hobbies, so that your coping mechanisms, so that your just daily life feels a little bit more full. And it has to do with reaching and pulling that bar down. So in school, right, we didn't have to worry about this. And I say that because we were in a structure that was designed that fit the majority, not necessarily you. And we had a teacher that instructed us how to get to A to B. And here's the rubric. Here's the rubric for this particular project. And here's the grade based on my subjective or objective opinion of how you did based on this rubric. Here's your grade continue, move on. You've hit this benchmark. In life, we don't really have that, right? We have a rubric of some basic things, what it means to be a basic human being. If you have a person of faith like myself as a Christian, I have a rubric in the Bible, which I'll get into later, about how to be a good Christian, good human being. The definition of good is I'm using interchangeably with success here. But what happens in life when we don't have a rubric? What becomes the grade book? What becomes our rubric? I would argue it's the content we're consuming. If you are consuming social media, you're processing that as a bunch of successful projects, a bunch of successful people, and you're gonna break it apart in your brain and say, that's what I need to look like. That's what I need to be. That's my output. That's how my routine should look. That's how my family should be. That's how I should be. So therefore, that's my rubric. But again, you're seeing a bunch of final products. See, in school, we rely on other people with more experience to craft a rubric that has some flexibility in it, that seems fair, that seems reasonable, but it's a rubric because it's designed to show you success points and failure points, and guess what? It's okay as long as you finish the project. You have progress. We don't do that today anymore. In my own head, 
I would not feel content until I finished the task. Well, for a lot of us, we have really big goals, right? We want to lose the 60 pounds. We want to become successful in our careers, whatever the top executive status of your job is. You want to be the best parent with the most kids possible. Whatever your goal is, whatever your big goal is, that's going to take a lot of time to achieve. That's going to take a lot of effort. But yet you're basing yourself every single day on this final product of someone else who's already put the time in or is lying to you because social media isn't always truthful. How you define success impacts your tomorrow, it impacts your today, and it will always impact your happiness. Now, I came to realize this in a really choppy, ungraceful way, and I'm sounding really aggressive, like I know what I'm talking about, but I'm really talking to myself. Because I still self-sabotage, and I uh, put really unreasonable expectations on myself, and I give very little grace to myself. And if I, as a sinful person, as a broken person, who cuts corners and cheats all the time, because that's what we do as human beings, have a hard time giving grace, I just can't help but wonder how hard it is for God to give grace to us. Now, even if you're not a Christian, you're listening to this, and you're like, hold on, I don't know what you're saying. That's okay. The point is, is if you do not take inventory of how you're defining yourself, what is considered successful, you are always going to be in this same rotational place. So what do we do about that? Okay. Well, let me tell you, I tripped and stumbled all the way through to the finish line trying to figure out what do I do about this? If you're going to write your own rubric and you're going to take a step back from social media, from maybe what you learned in school, from maybe what your friends are doing and your peers, what your family has taught you, and you're going to say, what do I need now? Oftentimes we start a rubric, not necessarily with a bunch of outcomes, but what is the main goal? What are you trying to achieve? The rubric then comes up with a range of here's the goals achieved in different levels of quality. Now, these qualities in life are dictated by our circumstances, which vary. I went through probably one of the worst years of my life last year. It was terrible. I was so happy to kick off the new year and get married and just move past that whole part of my life because it was horrible in every imaginable way. And I was really hard on myself and I wasn't taking into consideration that my quality is going to lower in my output because I have all these other uncontrollable things going on. So if you're building this rubric and you have to take into consider all these adult non-fun things like taxes and uh, remembering to shower like multiple times a week and doing laundry on time, then you really have to go back to goal setting. What is the goal that you have? Why does it matter? Why do you care? And when we goal set, that is our opportunity to finally take all those things into honest consideration, throw out social media, throw out what's been influencing us, throw out what we've been over consuming and actually go, what is considered successful to me? What is the real goal? Not the goal of the world, not the goal of perfection. For example, I want to get more fit. Okay. Ambiguous goal. I think most of us have a goal related to body image, some capacity, hopefully in a healthy way. And there's a lot of steps that come with that. There's a lot of life changes that have to happen for someone to get more fit. And it's going to vary person to person. Now, if I do research, I say, yeah, I'm going to crush this. and I'm going to be fit by like two months. 
and I'm going to just drink a ton of water and work out and I'm not taking into consideration all of the other things in my life. Like, okay, am I implementing the water every day and reminders so I remember to drink the water? Am I working out, but am I taking into consideration how long I can work out because of my schedule, my routine, my responsibilities? So now I've set this bar really high, but I'm not thinking through all these other elements. And then I fail and then I sulk. And then I wonder, not did I set my goal wrong? I wonder, am I worth it? Am I capable? We default there first because it's the easier, less honest thing to do than going back and checking how we set our goals and our action plan. Now you're hearing all this and you're like, Sarah, okay, relax. Like, I don't think about success that much. Like, yeah, sure, that assignment I had at school, or yeah, like that party I threw for my friends. I cared a little bit, but like success is like this ambiguous term. I can almost assure you that you really care about a lot of things, like how you look, like how clean your car is, like how much money you're putting in your bank account. And those are all successes, gains, progress, forward motion, fixing a problem, taking away a bad habit. And yet we do all these things, we run in circles like we're hamsters on a wheel because I did. And I kept going, my gosh, I'm working so hard and nothing is changing. And it's because I wasn't changing my mind with my goals. I was adamant and firm and stubborn. I think when we self-inflict failure, we start to wonder, why does life matter? Why am I worth it? Nobody wants to be friends with me. I don't look good enough. I'm always going to be ugly, unsuccessful, unintelligent, insert negative adjective. And we have the power to change that. We have the power to change our perception of how we process daily experiences, how we set a plan in action so that we can be proud and we can feel accomplished. And part of that sometimes is making sacrifices, which tends to be the opposite thing we think about when we think about goal setting, right? And, and being successful. A lot of times we associate success with putting ourselves first and, and hitting the grind and yeah, I'm going to do this thing. But success requires so much sacrifice. It requires a sacrifice of time. It requires, honestly, some worry because you have to live with doubt if something's going to work or not. But the real reason that success is worth the sacrifice or it is sacrificial is because it's the act of you growing and becoming a new and different person. You and I don't have control about the plans in our life and what we're going to face tomorrow. But we do have control with how we reward ourselves, with how we set ourselves up for potential success, how we talk to ourselves. Easier said than done, right? I was in such a bad mood this morning when Ian left for work. I was like, Ugh, I don't matter. I'm tired of this. I'm always sick. I'm stressed. I didn't sleep last night. And he kind of just looked at me, he smiled, and he went to work because he knew, as well as I did, how much BS was coming out of my mouth. By us claiming we don't matter and we're not worth it, I personally have come to believe this for myself. I'm not speaking for you. It was an excuse. 
it was a method for me to stall, taking actual action, asking myself the hard questions, Sarah, are you not successful because you actually failed or are you not successful because you gave yourself unreasonable standards, milestones, and boundaries? By us complaining that we don't have worth, we are struggling to identify the point of actual pain. For me, I don't want to speak for you. I don't want to assume anything. And I want to share this with you because I want you to know that today, if you've been struggling or feeling unproductive, you can take inventory of what you've been doing and you can say, was that goal reasonable? Am I setting myself up for success? Now, I want to spend some time on another word. This is a word I think matters a lot to me as well, not just the word success, but it's renewal. Now, we we get four seasons, depending on where you live. <laughs> we get four seasons here, sometimes in New England, and the earth renews itself over and over again every single time. And it knows the exact point when to shed the leaves or have the grass grow based on its surroundings. It's on this beautiful, beautiful canvas of, of change. And I think we can take a lesson there because the earth, nature, and God, my book, and I think it should be in your book too, spends this precise amount of time with something and with someone and with an intention. When you go to check out a library book, you are claiming it for a period of time, knowing you are giving it back for somebody else. Now, sometimes if you feel like you want to learn more from something, when you want to dive deeper, you might renew it again. You can read it longer. Or maybe you've procrastinated, so you're not quite done with it yet. You need it a little bit longer. Or you're checking it out again because you want to relearn everything you've learned. By setting good goals, you are building good habits, and you are telling yourself that you are worthy of renewing that opportunity with yourself over and over and over again. You are telling yourself that you are valuable because you're showing up every single day for progress, not for perfection, and you're putting in the time, you're setting realistic goals, you are renewing that time you spend with yourself, with God, with your friends, with your family. And that's showing you evidence that you have value. If you are constantly quitting your goals because they're unreasonable, not because you can't do it, because you can, and you have the ability within you because God designed us to be amazing people, to be amazing creatures on this earth, to do amazing things, you are telling yourself that you don't matter. When you don't show up for the workout, when you don't drink the right amount of water, whatever your goal is, whether it's physical, spiritual, mental, tangible, you're just telling yourself you're not worth it. And that's what I was doing every single day that I sulked in bed or I spent months and months just running in circles and stressing myself out. I wasn't worth the time to check in on what I actually needed, what I actually was doing, and do something about it. Are you doing the same thing to yourself? I also think it's important to set goals today to show your today present self that you matter and not always forward project into the future or the tomorrow or the later version of yourself. I'm drinking this water because I wanna feel good today, because I've been given the gift of being alive today. When we go to sleep at night, 
we're not guaranteed to wake up in the morning. For me as a Christian, I am putting my full trust in the Lord when I lay my head down and I go to sleep, that He is going to renew me, spend time with me, renew me, and give me another day to breathe air into my lungs. That is not a guarantee. When you go to sleep every night, there are some people that do not wake up. Now that sounds really gruesome and sad and crazy, and I know you're like, oh my gosh, this is not the downer that I needed today, but I want to bring that perspective in because we get so many blessings every single day from food to electric, whatever your situation is, we take things for granted, most of us. And if we set goals incorrectly, if we don't reacclimate our success meter every once in a while, we're never going to appreciate the blessings. We're never going to have gratitude. And so we're always going to feel like we have to fight and work for something more. And we're always going to feel unsatisfied. Now, this also makes it really hard for us to handle micro changes as well as the big macro changes. What I mean by that is sometimes changes is exhausting. And I used to only pay attention to the big changes, like getting married is a big change. But then there's a lot of micro changes too, right? There's the moving furniture around and painting a room. And then your boss gives you a interview or review that you need to complete so that you can potentially make more money in the next quarter of your job. Or you have this big assignment, this project, but the professor changes the standards around so that you have to like adjust your project or your group partner doesn't do this part of the work or blah, da da da. And that's a lot of shifting and rubbing on our skin and, and kind of craze driven, if you ask me. And so if we're not attuned with ourselves, and we're not doing things that make us feel rewarding and like we're making progress, all those micro changes are really going to agitate us because it's going to further emphasize the fact that we don't have control. Now we don't have control and I don't want to sell this idea that we do, but I do want to encourage you that by investing time in yourself to do this redefinition of success, ask yourself what it means today. Ask yourself if you've been fair and reasonable then you're going to be able to handle all these micro little things a lot better. You're going to brush them right off. Yeah, I got my big thing done today. I checked a box. It felt great. I feel great. I feel healthier. I feel faster. I feel more rested. Whatever your goal is. That micro thing, no problem. Let me help with that. When I was going through all of this and I felt like one big flop of failure as a planning bride, as a daughter, as a future wife... Every micro thing drove me crazy. The unclean dishes in the sink because my job got really crazy, but I set this expectation that I could clean all the rooms in the house, but also do the dishes. And maybe I did all the rooms in the house, but I didn't touch the dishes. So when Ian came over for dinner and he saw the dishes, I was like, oh my gosh, I suck. Now he's going to have to help me with the dishes that I made from my lunch or breakfast or whatever. And I started feeling guilty and bad and anxious and I ruminated and that could have been avoided by no not pressuring yourself to do the dishes and and work at 120,000 percent but by going hey you know what if I clean the living room I think I can do that seems very reasonable in the one hour break that I have that's it if I happen to do anything else great what wrong success measures right now do you have that are actually doing the opposite effect on you. I want you to think about that for a second. Is it your work? Is it your relationship? That includes how we perceive and judge other people. Sometimes when I get really agitated as a girlfriend and probably as a wife, (laughs) it doesn't just go away. I was setting really high standards of success and I wasn't taking appreciation for the progress that I or my spouse or my significant other was making 
it may be something we talked about or an issue that we had. Going, wait, no, no, he, he or she did this one thing. That's progress. I can't expect the full outcome that I want yet. I have to wait and be patient. Loud motorcycle. I also want you to know that sometimes goals can feel really stressful and life can just be overwhelming. And I want you to know that just existing and resting and just absorbing life, your friends, the simple moments, like that is what it's all about. And you don't need to set success and goals for every bucket of your life. But I do hope you felt encouraged for this episode to rethink about how you're defining success and to change your mindset about how you set goals and where you set those benchmarks and make some changes and just see how you feel and do a little self-inventory check if that works for you. I have to get going. Gotta go to a not as fun (laughs) meeting, but I love you guys. And I'm so excited for you to join me next week. We're gonna be covering all kinds of topics this year. And I'm just grateful that you guys are supporting me if you've listened this far. If you're sharing, liking, commenting, that makes a huge impact on my goals personally. And I'm just setting the goal this year of doing things I love, creating connections and conversations that have meaning to me, writing from the heart, speaking from the heart, and just seeing where it takes me. I'm not looking at analytics or how many things I post. I'm setting some very reasonable goals, and I want to see if that helps increase my productivity, my pace, and my stress. And I will keep you updated on how that works. This has been the Set Apart Podcast. I am Sarah Edwards. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast that where if you spend some time with us, it sets you apart. Still working on that. Let me know <laughs> if it's working or not. You can follow us on Instagram at setapart underscore company. I almost said it all the way through. Please add the underscore. You won't find us. We are at www.setapartcompany.com where you can find digital downloads, our Set Apart magazine where I'm trying to post more frequently. We are going to be migrating over to TikTok eventually. We have this podcast. I run a separate podcast with a great nonprofit local company as well if you want to check out a lot of other content. We have some classes coming up. I'm working on my next Skillshare class for a little bit about kindness and creativity and productivity. So I hope to see you there. Please hit me up on the DMs. I love talking with you guys. I've gotten some really great emails and I love responding and just being your cheerleader and being friends. So cheers. I will see you next week.